0: minisodes uh, on occasion to cover some of the most important and most beloved films in history we're going to record shorter episodes with just a few pointed questions in order to talk about movies that we love on this real world minisode we'll be talking about star wars episode 2 attack of the clones it was directed by george lucas with a screenplay or written story however you want to say it also by george lucas um, it Stars Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman, Christopher Lee, and heavy sigh Hayden Christensen. So, uh, who will get to either discuss maybe that's not the right word lamb based, uh, enjoy who knows uh, with me today? That will be from Real Cathedrals, Alexis Johnson. Hey, Alexis, hi. <laughs> It's good to have you on again.
1: Yes, it's great to be here. <laughs>
0: um, and also from the Sci-Fi Christian, uh, a man who is no stranger to being a guest on Real World Theology, Matt Anderson.
2: Hello, Real World Theology listeners.
0: Gosh, it's still it's still such a smooth <laughs> voice. Matt's just here to bring us home. Hey guys. Hello, i <laughs> So I'm, I'm glad both you got, uh, y'all could be here. To talk about this movie, but we're going to jump right in because of time. And uh, I asked you guys a couple questions via email, and it's the ones, if you've listened to any in this series, that I'm asking everybody. The first question What is one big idea you take away from this film? I'm, because this film is innocent, you know it's number two out of six. There's lots of things that go across all the films, and there's some that you know are arguably better than others. There's some that are objectively better than others, but each kind of has its own pieces, his own moving pieces that we can kind of hold on to. So, Matt, what is one big idea that you take away from Attack of the Clones? You know, you
2: talked about Hayden Christensen, and he's been talked so poorly about in years since this came out. But I think one of the biggest takeaways is that. No matter what happened in Anakin's life, he's always just kind of been a jerk. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, he had some tragedy. Maybe he didn't, you know, always get a fair shake at life. But mm-hmm. he's basically just kind of a jerk. And so that that was my biggest takeaway. When you talk about biggest reveals, though, I think the uh, something I really liked in this movie is that we found out about how all the stormtroopers from the original trilogy were actually all clones. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty shocking. So I don't know when it comes to biggest takeaways. I could have picked between those two, but definitely, Anakin, huge jerk.
0: <laughs> Anakin, the jerk. So let me follow that up, Matt. You have recently had a child. Oh yeah. Well, okay, not recently. Now it's like your child is probably one now, right? It's
2: gonna hit one year in uh, just yeah, weeks. Gonna,
0: I, okay, I was gonna say that was the that was the follow up question. I couldn't remember if it was a girl or a boy, just because I don't Facebook stalk you close enough. No, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but but so it is a girl. So. Uh, or she is a girl. I'm sorry. That was unsensitive. So she is a girl. She grows up and she is a beautiful, capable woman like Natalie Portman. Yes. Or Senator Amidala. Right. Which, I mean, is probably obviously going to happen. And she meets Hayden Christensen. As a father, what do you What do? you do? <laughs> sorry.
2: I mean, this is great. I love this follow-up question. And, I mean, I just will have to really put my foot down and say, Lily, my daughter, I think you may be making a huge mistake. Can't you see he's pretty much just a jerk. I mean, he's had tragedy, yes, and we we should love him as Christ has called us to love people, but let's not go too far with this relationship.
0: <laughs> and and so when when she runs into her room and slams her door and, you know, uh Mother Anderson comes to console her and she's yelling, "Matt's just holding me back."
2: Yeah.
0: Like is there anything that you can do at that point?
2: I, I would probably come in there and say, "Hey, take a page out of uh, Senator Amidala's book and, and and try to focus on your career rather than <laughs> getting into." The, I mean, at, at first, uh, Natalie Portman had the right idea. Like, oh, no, I know I got to be a senator. We can't do mm-hmm. this. She should have just stuck with that feeling. Everything's a be better. <laughs> uh, and that's what I'll say. I'll, I'll say, Lily, look at look how everything went wrong. If you just if you just listen to me, and focus on your career, you'll be fine. <laughs>
0: I think wow. this is the best advice any daughter's ever gotten. Right. Um,
2: no, all I, mean, right. I wouldn't necessarily give that career advice for all, all uh, potential love interests. But if it was a Hayden Christensen slash Anakin Skywalker type guy, <laughs> then, then that's the advice I would try to give.
0: So, okay. So when, when he brings your daughter home from their first date. Right. And you're like, what did you do today, boyfriend? And he's like, I killed them. I killed them all. Not just the men. And you're like, "Wow, you've really accomplished some things today. I really appreciate your your go-getter attitude." That's not like a that, that's not like a you're you're cool. You're not cool uh cool with that, I guess. Yeah,
2: I don't think that would win me over. I was surprised no? by how easily that uh, was like, "Oh, let me give you a hug." That's oh the children even. "Oh, let me hug you. I'm sorry."
0: That, I guess they are animals. Yeah,
2: you must be feeling horrible. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So, <laughs> Alexis. Yes. Um, I hope this was the advice that maybe you received when you were younger, and that's turned you into the wise decision maker that you are today. um, oh, but... I would
1: never fall for an Anakin type guy, so not a problem,
0: <laughs> okay, okay, so then I'll ask you this follow up before I ask you about your big idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, sorry, this, this is, is the... just really funny <laughs> no this is this is seriously the best tangent i've I've had on this show in a long time um <laughs> As a woman, and I don't mean to pigeonhole you uh, this way, but I personally just finished watching the movie, and I couldn't imagine anything that was attractive or redeeming or not creepy about anything that Anakin did. As as a woman, did you did you see anything? Maybe even like a Florence Nightingale kind of thing that would have attracted. Or Amidala to Anakin, like was there something there?
1: I think the only thing that might be there is that connection, you know, because of what they went through when he was a kid and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Maybe pity, but <laughs> that's not a good enough reason to do anything. Um, I really, I really don't know. It's very unrealistic, but that'll go into my. Yeah.
0: I'm... Okay. Cool. Well, as, long as, on, as long as you're on the same page. Yes. Um, all right. So, what what, what then is one big idea that you do take away from this film?
1: Um, this one's more can it be a technical idea or can it can or be
0: this... whatever you want? This is okay. just a conversation starter.
1: <laughs> it's not, this isn't anything about any of the messages or anything. I mean, that's a whole mm-hmm. other thing. But um, a technical thing <laughs> that I noticed is that you can take a normally good actress like Natalie Portman, but when you give them a bad script, and this goes for Titanic and various other films with directors who don't know how to take a step back because they don't know how to direct actors and George Lucas, like James Cameron, does not know how to direct actors or write a screenplay. When you give them bad material, they're going to be bad. Like... Natalie Portman was not good in these films I'm sorry like mm-hmm. I, I mean she everyone's like oh Hayden Christensen's like well you know Natalie Portman wasn't any better I still think Ewan McGregor's is the only good actor in the prequels but whatever I mean besides Christopher <laughs> Lee I guess so I think it's just this idea that being a control freak and trying to do everything when you run the show trying to direct act you know or write the script and you know, create this world, be a producer, have all this control. You're not necessarily the best person for the job. So I think that given a different script and a different director with just George Lucas at the helm as producer, creator, this movie could have looked very differently. And I think about that all the time and sad that is because the prequels as an idea aren't bad and the world they created wasn't bad and the, you know, the set design, the costumes and the score and all that stuff was ex- like, I thought it was fantastic, but mm-hmm. it's, yeah, the the heart of the matter is if there's bad writing, it will generally be a bad movie. And when you have a, a director who can't really direct actors as much as he might be able to, to direct crew or direct a editor, or, you know, help people create, um, you're not going to get a good final product. And I think, um, I think I just kind of get sad. The idea I take away is that it's sad that this movie should have been better and wasn't (laughs) like many movies. (laughs) Uh, So that was kind of my thing, I guess.
0: Well, I wouldn't say I would probably, well, not, not probably. I would, I would agree with you because I think for my big idea, I wrote down what sounds like a paraphrase or basically an offshoot of what you're saying, which is that like, no matter how cool or interesting, like the the world you create, the universe you create is, or how cool the creatures are, a fantastical, uh, heck, like you pointed out, no matter how great your actors are, if your story doesn't make sense, your movie can still be terrible. Uh-huh. And I just like saw this this thing that said, like looked like Lucas's ideas of what a script should be is to basically have his characters walk around and tell us what's going on. Because we honestly probably couldn't figure it out if, if someone wasn't explaining it to us yeah. because it would, it would just, it seems like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Um, and so I'll, I'll, ask you guys this too, and I'll preface it with mine. So you have a couple minutes to think of your, um, uh, your kind of alternate, but I was thinking like, what would I actually name this movie? that probably sums it up better. And I said that it should be episode 2 Attack of the Creeper. Yeah. Because when I went through and uh, watched it, I yeah. started writing down every line that Hayden Christensen had that really looked like it was a an instant an AOL Instant Messenger conversation from like 2:30 in the morning. Uh, When he was a teenager with like his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Like, so, okay, this is my rundown. Like I said, so y'all be thinking I'll run down. Uh, Here's things that actually came out of Anakin Skywalker's mouth in a movie that got made by (laughs) real people. (laughs) She didn't like me watching. I can sense everything going on in that room. Trust me. I'd much rather dream about Padme. When, uh, when when Padme says, please don't look at me like that, his response is, why not? <laughs> You're exactly the way I remember you in my dreams. <laughs> Here's everything. <laughs> I can't even do this. Here, everything's soft and smooth. Uh, I always see. hated uh,
1: that part. <laughs>
0: yeah. And now the last one. Uh, well, it's like a, it's just like this ongoing, unending run-on sentence. Uh, you know, now that I'm with you again, I'm in agony. This is where it's instant message conversation. Uh-huh. All right, the thought of not being with you, I can't breathe. I am haunted by the kiss that you never should have given me. You are in my very soul, haunting me. Uh, you know, this is this is awful. So mine would be yes. attack of the creepers for this. So. um, Uh, who who, does anyone else want to jump in with an alternate title
2: Alexis you got one
1: (laughs) no not yet you go (laughs) Uh,
2: Star Wars episode 2 no romantic chemistry (laughs) (laughs) yes because the original or the prequel trilogy hinges on us buying this or this uh, this uh, romance between these two
0: yeah exactly
2: and it's horrible
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think it, uh, well I won't go all into it, it everybody knows It's it's like <laughs> it's worst, The worst parts of this movie are every scene Where Padme's talking to Anakin
0: <laughs> Which is which is uh, considerable Considering some of the bad scenes in the film yes. like, Overall um, Alright, Alexis, anything else to add before we move on?
1: I'd say, I mean My, my little title is I guess, Star Wars Episode 2 At least Yoda Got to use a lightsaber
2: that's yeah. pretty, hey, see, I like a like,
0: away from that. no, I like that. I like that's the, that's the me and Matt being the pessimists, <laughs> and you coming in with a little bit of optimism.
2: Do you think that, I won't get too off base here, but do you think there's any chance that if Padme had been cast as a younger actress in the first movie, instead of having Natalie Portman meet a little boy in the first movie, and then she's the same actress, but now there's a you know a man playing that character? I don't know. Do you see what I'm saying? Would it, is it possible? there could have been something better in the story-wise for us viewers if it had been a younger actress as Padme the first time, or was it just lost because of the writing?
1: Mm. I think it's the writing and the Anakin actors. I mean, really, because the writing, well, yeah, because if you think about um, just even watching Natalie Portman and how wooden and, like, just obnoxiously fake she is yeah Yeah, it's like it's you can tell it's just the writing and then also just bad they don't look comfortable nobody does except for probably ewan mcgregor he seems the most comfortable in the role and is fine but they look excruciatingly uncomfortable and i think um you know but technically i think padme's supposed to be like 14 and he's supposed to be nine when they meet which isn't really that big of an age difference but it just seems Mm. kind of awkward in the second yeah it is true Mm-hmm. I don't so, know where I was going with that. Sorry.
0: Yeah. No, I, I was going to say, I have, I think that's good because I think that kind of hits on one of mine. And I, so I'd have two thoughts. The first one being, yeah, I think if the age difference wasn't that great, which hypothetically kind of like Alexis is pointing out, I don't think the age difference was supposed to be so dramatic, but it looked like it was way dramatic. Yeah. Um, because you know, uh, Jake Lloyd was so young and obviously Natalie Portman wasn't 14. Yeah. You know, so I think even though the, the, the dialogue is terrible, there could have been characterization of maybe both of them being roughly the same age and kind of having you you could show shared experiences Yeah, and and be like, okay, they're on the same page or they're connecting because they're the same age. So they're seeing life the same way. Mm -hmm. But when you make one like a Senator um, or a queen, I guess at the time, and you make one like a little boy who just. Likes to build robots. Like, you're like, where is your life... Like, How do you understand the world in the same way? Like, you don't. So where's your shared connection? There isn't one. So do do I... Like, to answer, like, specifically, Matt, I think it would have helped. But my second thought to it is that I I love that this is one of those examples of where it's accepted in one direction, but it would have been... I mean, it was creepy. It was so creepy because the dialogue was so bad and because Hayden Christensen's, like like, pedo stare is, <laughs> like, unbelievably accurate, probably. So the the thing that hits me is that, like, this is one of those times where you couldn't have a gender reversal mm-hmm. without yeah. people, like, losing it. Because, yeah. you know, if, like, she was a little girl and he was, like, 16 or 17 and then they grew up and, you know, she's supposed to be 15 and he's, like, 25, people were like, hmm... Looks like you're going to jail, buddy. Right. Uh, but but it's the other way around. So people are like, oh, yeah, I guess. Or at least in George Lucas's mind, it makes sense. Yeah. So that's how I'd answer your question. But, <laughs> all right. So, and we probably danced around this a little bit. But our second big question is, what has this film meant to you personally? And this is a question that I ask that you know, maybe there's something in in the film itself that hit you and struck you, or it could be kind of like we talked about, just the, the bad storytelling uh, that that gave you some epiphany when you'd watch the movie. So it doesn't necessarily have to be specifically about the content of the movie, but just what did Attack of Clones when it came out mean to you? Actually, not even just when it came out. What did it how did, what does it mean to you personally then, and even now, Matt?
2: Right. Well, you know, I know we've been kind of making fun of this movie and. I can recognize it's not a good movie. I just watched it yesterday in preparation for this uh, mm-hmm. podcast. And I, but I kind of do still like it. It has sort of a special place in my heart. And I'm not exactly sure why, but I remember when it, it came out when I was a sophomore in college. And I had a really good first viewing experience where mm-hmm. I went to this huge IMAX theater here at the Minnesota Zoo, which is the only place that <laughs> has like, the legit uh huge IMAX as opposed to how a lot of theaters have IMAX but they're a little yeah, yeah like the, the IMAX or whatever. Yeah. So I had an <laughs> awesome first experience. But what it really comes down to is even though I know most of the scenes with Anakin and Padme are bad, when you get to the part where they're in the arena, basically from that point on, I really like this movie action wise. I mean it's I love seeing all the Jedi's in action and I really liked uh the Yoda Dooku battle at the end and I'm pretty sure this is the only movie or I don't know Of all the movies, this gives you the most Jedi action of any of them, where they're all fighting together. And so there are some kind of cool sequences to view, but you can't base it on story. (laughs) This is not a good story. It's visually interesting. But like I said, for some reason, it sort of has a special place in my heart. So if I had to pick a favorite prequel movie, even though I'm sure Revenge of the Sith (laughs) is better, I think I'd have to pick this as my favorite prequel movie. Which I know, just, I know it's sad. I just <laughs> – I've always, always kind of liked it.
0: Somehow it's attached itself to your nostalgia piece of your brain. Yeah, I don't – And it will not let go.
2: I'm pretty sure it's college-related. I just, uh, But I'm not I, – I know it's not as good as Revenge of the Sith, but I like it.
0: Oh. So you're trying to skirt around the issue, which is, you know, you're obviously – I mean, we're all Christians – yeah. But you're trying to not have to admit that you were probably doing lots of drugs in college, or <laughs> heavy heavy drinking. Like you're basically spelling it out for us, Matt. I think you can just be honest. This is an open forum, you know. Just just admit it.
2: I I, I wouldn't go that far, but I would say. I mean, I, off the <laughs> you said off the air, you thought Phantom Menace might be better than this. There's no way.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, Phantom Menace is. I, I didn't well. That would get into something else that I thought, so I'll, I'll wait to yeah. say mine. Yeah. So, so Alexis, what does it meant
2: to you personally?
1: Um, Phantom Menace is better. Just throwing that out there. Uh, first of
2: all, a <laughs> <think> but... love. <laughs> it's Watch that movie again.
1: Yeah. No. I would um, recommend it. There's for me. I do agree with Matt. Um, I have a nostalgia for the prequels, even though, yeah, everyone's like, oh, they're so bad, whatever. But yeah, they are terrible. Um, but it's just. There is something about it because I remember what, I remember when they came out, the anticipation of waiting three years for them, you know, before adult life really hit and I had a whole bunch of responsibilities, you know, because I was, it was 2002 when clones came out and that was like the summer before my last year of high school. So I was about to be a senior in high school. And just, you know, so back then life was a little bit simpler and just waiting for these movies and getting excited because I loved Star Wars growing up. I mm-hmm. I really loved it. And then I did like the, you know, the Jedi awesome battle in the arena and I thought Mace Windu was cool and I wanted the purple lightsaber and all that. But yeah, I do have a nostalgic attachment um, to it as well. So I, I guess that's kind of what I take is like, yeah, I acknowledge it's not a good film, um, definitely. But I also... Still probably would rewatch it, <laughs> you know, for years to come in my life just because it's part of Star Wars and I love Star Wars. So it's there's certain things about it that are good um, as far as, you know, seeing Jedi action. And I love the Knights of the Old Republic stories. And like I love mm-hmm. the whole lore and mythology of Jedi and just getting a little bit of a taste of that um, with the Sith and the Jedi in this movie was really cool. So I guess that's my little
0: fun part that i liked see again you're pulling the little nuggets of of good out of something that i would consider the garbage i would <laughs> you know but okay so that's
1: what i like to do
0: that <laughs> no, that's that's why that's why it's necessary that i have people with your optimism on the show <laughs> uh to balance out my cynicism it really does help uh <laughs> let's see how do I explain this? Well, let me start this way. I would say, because I believe that this movie came out when I was in college, and I remember getting really excited. I remember the, I specifically remember the phrase, even though it had been like six or seven years since I'd watched this up until a couple months ago, or rewatched mm-hmm. this up until a couple months ago, because I just remember it being so bad. I couldn't remember anything what happened. I couldn't remember anything about it. But there's this one phrase that just strikes this nerve of nostalgia in me. And it was, Oh, you're gonna want to watch Attack of the Clones. We know Phantom Menace wasn't that great, but you have to go see Attack of the Clones because you'll finally understand why they call Yoda Master. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember like there was advertisements that basically said that and I was like, Okay, I'm in. And then, you know, we had to see the the Yoda lightsaber battle and I was like, gosh, this whole time was a little cheesy. Uh, you know, obviously over the top, but it was cool to finally see him not just like, you know, like a like a puppet sleeping in a bed on Dagobah, right? Mm-hmm. Um but when I think about this film in the context, especially of the the entire series, I remember thinking that Phantom Menace wasn't that great, but there is a there is a lot of nostalgia for me, mostly for the Phantom Menace. But yeah. I was I was disappointed by it. Until I saw this movie, and I was like, this was just a train wreck. Um, And I think this is where my cynicism and hatred for George Lucas kind of comes from. <laughs> and I think, it's, I think it's where a lot of people's comes from. Because I think after The Phantom Menace, people were like, oh, that was terrible. And I kind of want to hate George Lucas, but we did get the original three. He's probably not going to mess up this bad again. And then he doubles down on almost all his mistakes in the first one. You know, overtly cluttered scenes, like just too many things happening. An overtly complicated story that actually doesn't make a lot of sense, um, the more layers he adds to it. just So, I saw what happened when you took someone who had great ideas, and, you know, we talked about this, or we'll be talking about this on, uh, you know, the the Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back and the Jedi uh, episodes. You take someone who has great ideas... And you fence them in, and you give it to someone who has the talent to actually write a script uh, from that idea, and you give it to a director who can capture that on screen, and then you have a great team. Uh, but when you have no con- uh, no checks and balances, you have ultimate power. It we see it corrupting absolutely or ultimately. And George Lucas with no with no checks and balances, like you can watch the making of. Like some of these movies, and see no one challenging George Lucas, because ultimately he can make all the decisions. And it was this that or it's the it's the token that I always go back to when I see a director become popular, and instead of being just the director or just the writer, they become the director, the writer, and the producer. And no one can tell them that their okay idea is becoming a crazy idea. And so it, in in today's directors and writers, this is what I see—at least in my opinion—happening to like Christopher Nolan. Uh, some of the most creative uh, screenplays that I've seen brought to life in a long time, uh, kind of um, bookended by someone who who was a producer, kind of saying, "Okay, Chris, this is obviously great, but let, let's tame, let's reel this in a little bit." But the more popular he gets, he gets to make things like Interstellar, which is just him putting all his ideas on a page. And lots of them don't stick. or really make sense. And he obviously doesn't know how to write a conversation that's not incredibly intense between two human beings. Or I see someone like Stephen Moffat, who's running Doctor Who right now, who is doing the same thing. A great, amazing writer. Probably one of the best writers that Doctor Who's ever had. And then he goes and runs the show and no one's there to tell him no and it just kind of loses control so George Lucas in Attack of the Clones is basically my point back person for all these conversations <laughs> um and that's i mean that, that's what it means to me like i have i have an example of this happening and i fear when i see it happening you know it's like the me learning from history yeah so um, so, you know, not not necessarily about, like, a specific thing that happened in it, but there is, like I said, there ultimately there is some piece of nostalgia, uh, you know, whenever we have children and we get to watch this through, like, you know, I'm sure Laura and I will roll our eyes at how ridiculous this movie is, but, you know, it'll be something that we can show our kids, and they can still, fa- they can love Star Wars so much that hopefully it won't matter. Yeah. But, um, but we have, we have a couple minutes left, so... I want to do this real quick. Typically, most of these episodes I would ask, what is your what is your favorite moment? Like real quick, but I think it would be funnier, especially for this one, which is objectively the worst one in the uh original 6. What is your least favorite moment in in this entire movie, Matt?
2: Oh, You think this is worse than Phantom Menace?
0: I I, can't, oh. I just can't buy that. Okay, Matt, you tell me. You tell me your favorite moment from this movie, and Alexis, tell me your least favorite moment. All right, favorite
2: <laughs> moment. I think I've already spoiled it a little bit. I I love the arena battle where you get to see the uh, the Jedi fighting in mass, and I do think it's pretty cool when Yoda flies the the almost stormtroopers in, and he's <laughs> they're on the little helicopter. That's kind of cool. And then you go straight to, I guess. Okay, here's one least favorite moment, just to throw, <laughs> the, the, because the transitioning into the next thing I actually like, which is the uh, the battle with Dooku. There's a little weird scene where Dooku's on his flying motorcycle thing, and it just like has a weird close-up of him on it, and it reminds me a lot of the Wizard of Oz with the uh, the Wicked Witch of the West <laughs> on, on her her bike slash also her broom. So I always kind of hear as Dooku's flying that little flying bike. Oh yeah. So that's oh, that, I guess that would be a uh, one least favorite moment but oh, the worst thing by far is Padme Anakin you talked about it already the whole Anakin. thing with uh, I everything about them and how he I uh, hate the sand what what are you even talking about just leave her alone <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't <laughs> <run>. <laughs> just move on yeah and don't look at me like that oh sorry okay and then the next no, scene he, just he, he did not apologize just, <laughs> don't don't look
0: at me like that why
2: <laughs> no this oh, scene cuts after that so weird it's just like oh yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, okay so that's it so jedi best anakin padme worst
0: <laughs> well all the scenes cut because like i said it is instant messenger conversation so it's like the last thing he sends before like the other person signs off you know? yeah all right uh alexis give us give us your least favorite moment real quick
1: um well yeah I think pretty much any Anakin Padme moment is the least favorite moment um it's kind of funny like everyone makes fun of that scene where they're in the field but I actually think that's the most natural scene between them it's the ones yeah where they're talking about the sand and then they have their awkward kiss that are just like or the one by the fireside when he's saying I'm in agony and all this stuff those are just like cringe inducing but actually like in that cheesy one where they're outside and like you're getting ready for her to start singing the hills are alive and all this stuff that one <laughs> actually their dialogue seemed more natural than it did in all the other scenes where it's just like what are they even talking about like this isn't not a conversation normal people would have and i get it, it's sci-fi but they would you know they're still people who know each other they would talk a little bit less stiffly and it was mm-hmm. just I just think, yeah, any, any scene with them is the worst, pretty much.
0: <laughs> well, and I would I would agree with that. I would even go as far as to say that probably seems like the best scene between them because the others are so bad.
2: Yeah. Um, oh, it's still so bad, but not as bad. We go, we go, oh, I guess
0: we'll <laughs> take it. Well, I, I really appreciate that, guys. Um, we're out of time for this mini-sode but we'll make sure that you can follow our guests on the internet, all the places that you can find them. So check out real world theology for the show notes. Uh, Thanks for listening. And until next time, remember that story is powerful and entertainment is not mindless. Bye-bye.